1: What's going on, everybody? Mike Curlin here of the Bases Loaded Fantasy Baseball Podcast, and I'm stoked to be collaborating with Rotoballer again in 2021 with the Bases Loaded Podcast continuing as part of the Rotoballer Radio Network. Since 2013, Rotoballer has been grinding away, providing millions of fantasy baseball fanatics their fix for in-depth MLB analysis and player news. If you haven't heard, Rotoballer's 2021 MLB draft kit is live, and all Bases Loaded Podcast listeners can get 10% off Rotoballer's draft kit by using the discount code BasesLoaded. That's bases loaded, all one word. Rotoballer is home to number one fantasy pro's accuracy ranker, Nick Mariano. Nick's 2021 rankings and projections are available as part of the Rotoballer draft kit. Along with printable cheat sheets, our top draft sleepers, more than 300 2021 player outlooks, and all of this fantasy baseball goodness from Rotoballer is available for 10% off with the discount code LOADED. Just go to rotoballer.com slash bases loaded and get your draft kit today.
0: The bases loaded and one out. Oh my Central, God! Deep to right field, way up there, and way out of here. Second deck walk off home run,
1: grand slam. Welcome in everyone to episode one fifty two of the Bases Loaded Fantasy Baseball Podcast. I'm your host Mike Curlin. You can follow me on Twitter at mike underscore curlin. And tonight I am joined by. George, you can follow him on Twitter at roto underscore nino. George, what's going on? What's guys? up,
0: guy? My guy, what's going on, man? <laughs> what's up, man? It's our first time uh, recording together since the season started. So is it? Yeah, baseball's back. I mean, we've been busy. We've been staying busy, but uh, we talk yeah, every just, day.
1: <laughs> we do.
0: We talk every day. We do. Uh, just hard to find the time these days to match up, get together. Um, but yeah, glad to glad to be on tonight and uh, chatting, talking some baseball, talking some. Start of the season. You know that we were talking about this. There's so much to talk about. But then we were
1: also talking about that. The average person probably doesn't realize yeah. like how much that we want to talk about. But it's like we don't know where to start. And it doesn't help that it is such a small sample. And we're talking about tonight. Well, the title of the show. Still haven't really decided on the title. So we'll see what I end up with. But we we're talking about players that people are just concerned about. They don't really know what to do with them. And the caveat here is for most of these guys. And honestly, we'll, we'll ring off a few names in general, but we have a list. We went to Twitter and this is why we recommend following us on Twitter again at Mike underscore Curland or at Roto underscore Nino went to Twitter asking for players. You guys want to hear more about players. You're worried about concerned about, and you do not disappoint. We probably have what 40 names on this list. And <laughs> yeah. some of these guys are honestly easy cuts. In my opinion, we'll get to those. Others are definitely, definitely guys you want to hold on to. And there's a little bit in between without further ado. Yeah. We can get right into it. And let's talk about a guy that you and I hold near and dear to our heart, at least used to, Rowdy Telez. He's on this list. Telez is a guy that coming into tonight in 23 play appearances,
0: zero hits. Uh
1: I haven't seen if he had a hit tonight. i I'm actually he did. It right he now. did.
0: He got a hit, uh rocket right back up the middle against Garrett Cole. But yeah, he did finally get on the board, got his first hit uh for Rowdy Telez. But yeah, man, I mean th- this is the kind of things that like you know, there's so much that we want to dive into through this first, like, you know, week and a half of the season. But, you know, as far as, like, stats go and, and stuff like that, it's, like, so... We're t- we're talking about, you know, maybe six to nine games for most of these guys so far. So, it's, like, how much of it really matters. But, like, stuff like playing time or injuries, um, stuff like that, like, that's what really matters at this point. And really, I mean, Tellez has had a hard time getting in the lineup, even with George Springer out. So... I mean it doesn't really bode well for you know when Springer comes back, you know, it doesn't really give me much hope for uh for his playing time there. And he was
1: a guy that I dropped last week. People gave me a hard time in TGFBI dropped uh Rowdy Telez. That's a 15 teamer. And even I said maybe I shouldn't have, maybe I should have held on a little longer. But not playing him, I was better off taking a zero. So you know what? <laughs> it worked out. I got lucky on that one because I thought that last week was premature to drop him, but this week For me, he's a drop. If I have to decide what I'm doing with him, he's at the end of my roster. I probably drop. I mean, I would have dropped him for Fab and I would drop him going forward for a number of guys, including Akil Badu, who's not on this list. But Akil Badu Badu hit another home run tonight off of Zach Greinke. He is in a platoon, it seems. I haven't seen him start against a lefty yet, but that's a perfect name that if he's available in Wave Wire or. I'm trying to think of another guy off the top of my head, but that's the name that came to mind instantly. It's like easily make that swap, but I doubt Kilbadoos is available at any in any league at this point. But yeah, yeah. I don't know. I'm dropping
0: them. Yeah, where are you I mean, at with Rowdy? It's just tough because it looks like they've kind of mixed and matched like who they have at D. It seems like they've had like a different uh, designated hitter every day. Like they'll give a uh, uh, Bichette a day at, at DH. They'll give Semyon a day at DH. Um, you know, they've given uh, Vladdy. And it seems like every single day they're giving someone else like uh the dh to just try to get like you know they've given joe panic a couple starts at second base Uh, they've gotten jonathan davis in there at center field so uh, yeah it's just been kind of mix and match there you were kind of hoping that telez would be that everyday dh for the time being but uh yeah that's not that's not the case so i don't know i mean yeah if there's someone on the waiver wire that you can pick up like if you don't need to pick someone up, then I don't mind Teleza's, you know, just keeping them on your bench for now. But yeah, I mean, if you're if you need to pick up that closer or someone like you know Akil Badu, like you mentioned, uh, yeah, I mean, at, at this point, you gotta, you know, go ahead and and make that swap just because yeah, things aren't looking too good as far like so far for uh, Teleza's playing time.
1: And that's the thing. And then Springer's do back into him now. So um, a couple names, I w- I'm just looking at the waiver right now. If ca- I would take a chance on Cole Calhoun. He's li- he's batting top two. He's back from injury. I would take a shot on um, Manuel Margot is readily available, only 22% rostered. Um, uh, this is Yahoo formats. So deeper league guys, that's a little tougher. I think that's where it gets tougher. Like, Do you just do you hold on to a Rowdy Seles, or do you take an Adam Frazier who's playing every day leading off? Do you take a Franchett Cordero that we know at least he's playing a strong side of a platoon? Uh two yeah. runs would you drop by. him for philip evans i would right now but i also like philip evans for whatever unforeseen reason but i'm also <laughs> at the point i drop I, I dropped telez for nothing last week essentially so i'm not here to i'm not really here to give like I, i'm very biased i've already been dropping him aggressively so I yeah I'm, I'm, I'm not
0: sure that i'm there yet where i would just drop him but yeah i would i would pick him up if there's a like a hot hitter or like you know a closer or a pitcher starting pitcher that that comes up like um yeah, maybe if maybe if for whatever reason like a Casey Mize was out there, um, he's looking pretty good today. His Velo's uh, up,
1: man. He's excited. He's another. See, this is why there's so much to talk about. His Velo's is yeah. up like two. It's up like two full ticks. So we're looking at a guy from going from pitching 94 to 96, and he's able to th- throw it up in the zone. Pair that with a splitter. That's like a beautiful combo. And he has top. He was a former prospect. So Mize is a guy I love. If he's available, I want. I want. All my, I actually have a couple shares where I stashed him in shallower formats. And I wish I had him in deeper, but I was just – I was kind of afraid, you know, that he looked rough in spring. I kind of faded him a little bit. I got—I was like, you know what, let me just take a couple shots late in some 12-teamers, and I'm glad I held on because at least he's like, I'm not completely shut out on him,
0: you know. Yeah, I mean, you know the pedigree is there. I know, you know, he didn't look very good in spring training, and he wasn't very good last season. But, yeah, he's definitely um, been kind of encouraging here through a couple starts. I know he's shutting out the Astros today so far through five innings. So
1: That's impressive. Yeah, because yeah, the Astros, the Astros have rips. been they've
0: been red hot. I mean, they started the season yeah like on on fire. There's these guys uh, Altuve, Guriel, um, yeah, they've been they've been all those hitters have been kind of bouncing back there.
1: Exactly. So it's even more of the reason to be encouraged by everything going on. Um, the next, let's get. <laughs> we were supposed to move through some of these names. Um, a guy <laughs> like Anthony Rizzo, I'm not even worried about at all yet. The Cubs as a whole have kind of been a little slow to start. Rizzo is who he is I think still I think it's too early to give any type of worry about Rizzo I don't know if you're feeling different
0: no no you there's nothing really that you could do here with Rizzo you just got to be patient I know yeah he's hitting 133 uh going into the games today one home run one steal but I mean you know the plate discipline's still there it's it's a 125 BABIP. I mean at at this point guys like Rizzo anyone that you drafted pretty much like in the top 200 like you're not really doing much with them um at this point like you know we're a week and a half into the season. Um, You just got to let it ride for a little longer. Not to mention Rizzo's BABIP's one twenty five, and mm-hmm. it's like
1: uh, the plate discipline's still great. We're talking thirteen point nine percent walk rate, sixteen point seven percent strikeout rate. Those are things very much in Rizzo's skill set. So with that, will come everything else. I wouldn't. I have zero concern about Rizzo right now. If you yeah. were striking out at a thirty percent clip and other stuff that was there that was concerning, then, yeah, maybe I'd be a little more concerned about Rizzo, but right now I'm not. Hunter Dozier, he is somebody I was huge on this year. I have a little bit of concerns about Hunter Dozier. A lot of it is just health. And he's a fringe guy in a 12-teamer. In 15s, I'm holding. But in a 12, I think he becomes droppable.
0: Yeah, in a 12-teamer, yeah. Um, He could – I could see him being dropped in a 12-teamer. 15-teams, yeah, you definitely still want to hold on to him just because – especially with that eligibility, first, third, outfield, uh, definitely comes in handy in uh, the, the deeper the league you're in. So I would hold on to Dozier in a 15-teamer, but in a 12-teamer, yeah, I could I could see dropping him. I, yeah, there's a bit of concern there with that with that thumb. He's only played four games, yet to have a hit yet, but yeah, I, I would just be a, a little more patient still.
1: If we could get him healthy, I think we could see Dozier turn it around, but until then, I wouldn't get my hopes up. Andrew Benintendi, another guy that just the same team, he still continues to bat second, but he hmm. hasn't looked great. You know, like <laughs> we're talking about a guy who's what batting 194, 265, 194 on the year with a 34, three, four WC plus, no home runs, one stone base. So that's encouraging, but striking out 30% of the time almost. Man, like Andrew Benintendi, he's another guy that in a shallower format, he's cuttable, but anything still 15 teams, I'm not cutting them at all. Not yet.
0: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. If you want to swap them out for, um, yeah, somebody on the waiver wire in a 10 or 12 team, uh, especially if it's only like three outfielders, you could definitely do that. Uh, Anything deeper than that with, you know, five outfielders, whether it's 12 or 15, I think I'd hold on just a bit more. Another hot name that we got a lot of questions about
1: was Andrew Vaughn of the White Sox. He didn't play again today. What are you doing with
0: Andrew Vaughn? Oh my gosh, dude. That is one of the most frustrating situations. I mean, you got Hall of Fame baseball guy Tony Larusa. Does he even know what year it is? Because he's over here talking about Andrew Vaughn not being one of the core guys, having to earn his way into the lineup. But yet he's, you know, sending Nick Williams and and uh, Billy Hamilton out there. You know, it's like, you know, what year we're in? Hall of Fame baseball guy. It's that's frustrating. You got one of your best prospects there, and you know you're wasting a year of service time with him just sitting on the bench. I mean, he's played maybe like what four games.
1: Yeah, that's that's frustrating to say the least. Because Andrew Vaughn, imagine this: How would you feel as a rookie? You make the team out of spring training. You're riding that high. You are so excited just to just to sit on opening day. All right, fine. You want to pay homage to some to some bets? I get that. Whatever. The home opener, he sits again. That would crush my confidence, right? But it gets worse. He gets his first career hit. Finally, I'm pretty sure they sat him the next game after that. He's not playing regularly. <laughs> I'm still stashing in 12s, but in 10s, he's a cut. I, I mean, I can't justify. You got to think about what's possibly available in a 10-teamer. Do you want to hold on to a Andrew Vaughn or get, a, get in a kill Bidou who's playing and performing? I know it's um early to sit there and be overly concerned, but we're talking about a guy in Vaughn who isn't even performing while when he has his opportunities. So now they they have even more reason to send him down. I don't, I just don't know. And once this team gets healthy, and all it does is muddy the situation more.
0: Uh, yeah, yeah, that yeah that one's that one's frustrating because I I have uh, a ton of Vaughn uh, rostered on a lot of my teams.
1: <laughs> oh, I'm with you because Vaughn was a guy I was targeting because as soon as we heard he was breaking camp, his ADP didn't adjust quite enough, so you were able to get him at what was thought to be a value at the time. Apparently not.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm looking at a guy here rostered at seven percent in in Yahoo leagues, like Travis Shaw. He's hitting cleanup every day for the Brewers right now since they traded Orlando Arcia. Uh I mean I would probably rather have Shaw right now than uh than Vaughn. At least he he's playing every day. He's actually hitting well. Shaw's a guy that I actually liked a lot, uh surprisingly.
1: I was really watching him. They they seem to stick with him throughout spring. Shaw was a guy who was getting a lot of run in the middle of the lineup. I was like, ooh, kind of like the sneaky Travis Shaw. And then remember what Travis Shaw did before. You know, he's used to be a 250 hitter, can hit for home runs. He's looking good. He's at Miller Park. Travis Shaw could easily be a guy that you pick up and Play over Vaughn. I can't believe I'm saying that. I feel so gross. I don't want to yeah. give up on Vaughn yet. I don't want to give up on Vaughn yet, but why wouldn't you at this point? It just, it's hard to t- it's harder to talk yourself into him than it is to talk yourself. Yeah, uh, man. You can talk yourself out of him a lot easier. Yeah. Guys like Cody Bellinger, I saw someone ask about. Uh, Clint Frazier, Adelberto Mondesi. Those are three names I'm looking at right now on this list. I would say don't worry about them. They're fine. Like Fra- Frazier's going to be Frazier. I think he's going to come around. You want any part of that offense, and once the offense gets going, things start clicking for the Yankees. Frazier's a guy who's just going to turn it around and be solid. I I don't think last year was a fluke. I think we I think Clint Frazier is going to be what we hope hope and expect Clint Frazier to be. Would you disagree with the Clint Frazier assessment or?
0: No, no, I, I think
1: you got it right. What about Mauricio Dubon? I I don't see myself wanting him on any roster anymore. I think he might be a short side platoon guy at best at this point too. He's not getting the playing time.
0: Yeah, that's exactly what it looks like. It looks like Dubon is uh, pretty much a short-side platoon guy right now for the time being. Uh so yeah, like uh any any like 12 team teamers that he's rostered in. I mean, he's he's probably a drop there. Uh 15 team five outfielder league. I mean, with his uh positional eligibility, maybe you still stash him like at the end of your bench uh just in case, but yeah, right now he's not he's just uh yeah, he's a short-side short side platoon guy right now hitting at the bottom of the lineup.
1: What about your boy Ian Happ? He has started all I think he started every game against the variety so far. Against the lefty, he's been the one who sat two out of three games for Jake Marisnick. So he might be yeah. the, he might be the platoon guy with Jake
0: Marisnik. I mean, he had to sit <laughs> against, you know, tough lefty um Tyler Anderson. Yeah. You know, cuz uh Tyler Anderson is apparently you know some kind of ace or something. I mean, I, I didn't get it either. I, that was kind of frustrating. Uh, sitting him, but I mean, I, I'm not worried about Hap at all. Uh, he's he's still walking a ton. He's going to be leading off. Um, you know, he's he's walked Yeah, has six walks for 18.8% uh, walk rate, 200 BABIP. I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm not worried about Hap at, at this point. You just, they just got to let him play and then uh, let him get going.
1: Rogan Odor was picked up by the Yankees. Might play more now because Bruce hasn't really done much. I know he, I think he, Odor has a home run tonight or last night. I know he's been, he kind of just, can't. he's a lefty. We know the power's there. And, okay, he doesn't have a home run. I think he had a home run last night. Maybe I was wrong. He definitely, or it was a double. He had something where he did something good. I don't know. I'm, my point is I'm really not in on Odor, and I don't see the path to enough relevance for him to be worth picking up over some of these names. Like, if you're looking at Odor, it's in a league where you're considering dropping Andrew Vaughn, I would think. You know what I mean? Like, that's where Andrew Vaughn meets Rodor Odor, and you don't want Odor over Andrew Vaughn. You don't want Odor over Bobby Dahlbeck, who's actually on this list as well. We'll talk about it in a minute. But I don't know. Do, is there something in Odor that you see appealing now that he's a Yankee and might be playing, at least in the short term?
0: Yeah, so, I mean, if it seems like his playing time might be safe uh, until Luke Voigt comes back because they do have him at second base and they have uh, LeMahieu uh, moved over to first base. So I, I think at least until Luke Voigt comes back, which could probably be in the next uh, three weeks or so, I'm pretty sure, um, yeah, Odor will have relatively safe playing time um, until then. So, I mean, yeah, you still hitting...
1: <laughs> you want that? Really, you want to you want to do this to yourself?
0: I, I don't see him as somebody that you're going to be rostering for the rest of the year. But yeah, I mean, if you're kind of hurting at like middle infield, because uh, like I have some leagues where like I lost uh, where I, I lost uh, Brian Hayes and Tim Anderson. Uh, and I'm just a, I have a ton of injuries. And so it's like right now, you know, I, I've had to pick up like jazz Chisholm who, I mean, has like, you know, all the tools, the power, the speed, but you know, the contact just isn't there, but yeah. I mean, if you're hurting at middle infield and you're right, this is for like a deeper league, like 15 team league. Uh, yeah. I or, mean, I, I don't find finding names, giving.
1: finding names to say, would you rather, I got, I'll, I'll do this. I got this. Yeah. I'm thinking but Tommy means, Lestella. So
0: yeah, LaStella, I... Uh, Lestella La or Odor. <laughs> I haven't really seen Lestella's playing time for the... over. He's been more of
1: a strong side platoon as well. So right. there's similar playing time probably, but longer term playing
0: time for Lestella.
1: Odor is going to consistently yeah, I mean, depend on injuries.
0: Right. Because Odor is, is just a play for these next couple weeks until until Luke Voigt comes back uh, for sure. So I don't know. I mean, if you want to... If you have Lestella rostered as someone that... You need for that first and second base eligibility. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, that's a good one. I'd rather have Jed Lowry. Don't judge me. Oh yeah, I have Jed Lowry. Okay, I was going to say
1: because Jed Lowry, yeah, Lowry's hitting. He's hitting well. He's he's batting at the top of that A's line. Actually, in the like in the middle, he's batting third, I think, on average right now, which is nuts. Jed Lowry's a guy that he didn't do he didn't do crap for the Mets, but he's <laughs> doing a lot more for the A's already. And he's somebody that he's more of like a roster stabilizer. I think when I see Jed Lowry, I think Cesar Hernandez, essentially. Like, that's kind of the skill, like just a solid, you know, he's gonna get some batting average and just be a guy there who's going to get the playing time. So Jed Lowry's a guy I like a lot. Um, Adam Frazier, I like more because I think he's going to lead off and be the lead off guy for the time being. Um, I'm just trying to give you an idea. What about Ahmed Rosario? Rosario seems to be playing almost every day now, and he's playing center field. And shortstop, he he's actually the platoon partner with Jimenez. It looks like all against lefties, but then plays short, center field against righties. So Ahmed Rosario might be running into everyday playing time. Would you rather have Ahmed Rosario or Rogan O'Dor?
0: Well, I mean, Ahmed is one of my guys that I just <laughs> I won't quit <laughs> oh, no, almost, okay. <laughs> yeah, for a second. There. Yeah, no, big uh, Ahmed Rosario fan. So I mean, yeah, I think I'd rather have uh, Rosario. All
1: right. Well, on that note, let's move on to CJ Crone. All these people were loving him. He was crushing it in spring, and then Crone has not started off the season well. Uh, let's see, he's batting 148, 281, 222 with a 38 WRC plus and a WOBA of just 244, striking out 34.4% of the time. Coming off a year where Crone struck out 30.8% of the time, even though it was a small sample last year. Are should the red flags should the, are these enough red flags here for you to be concerned about Crone? Should you be willing to drop him or are you trying to hold tight for a little longer where are you at
0: no i'm still holding on to crone i mean he's he's their everyday first baseman i think he's sat two games uh for josh fuentes but uh no for the most part he is the everyday first baseman i'm not really doing anything with crone i'm just you're, you're starting you're you know you're holding him for at least at least i am it's funny that you mentioned rosario and then and then crone because two of the biggest helium guys in spring training andres jimenez and cj crone both have struggled to start the season. Jimenez isn't even playing every day. I mean, these these guys were going from you know in two hundreds up to you know the ninth, tenth round that, and you really haven't gotten much from them at all. Yeah, no kidding.
1: It's uh definitely interesting because yeah, you mentioned two of the bigger helium guys are are guys that put people are like really torn on how to handle, and you know you're not seeing a lot of Jimenez. You're not seeing a lot of talk about dropping Jimenez, but Crone, I've seen his name all over Twitter about what should i do with him and in 10 teamers he's cuttable in 12s he's i would still hold on to him maybe benjamin 15s you're holding as well but in 10 teamers like your shallower formats he is a cuttable asset right now considering what's probably on the waiver wire but you should also be ready to pick him up asap if you know chrome gets going so that's one of those be ready like keep him on your watch list ready to pounce because if he if you don't have if you get You can have injuries right now. You can have underperformers. You can't wait on Chrome to get going because his skill set is relatively simple to replace off in a 10 team round, I think. Right.
0: Yeah. Yeah. He might be one of these guys that has, you know, a big week at Coors. uh, And then maybe you sell high. Cause I mean, you look at that offense outside of Coors, even in Coors, it hasn't been terrific, but especially outside of Coors, you could start, (laughs) you could practically start anybody against them on the road. Um, And then, uh, uh, I I imagine I imagine that they are gonna be getting calls on Trevor story, and I mean, if stories out of that lineup come, you know, the trade deadline, yeah, that's it, that's gonna be ugly. That's just uh, that lineup is ugly as it is, but yeah, they might be able to sell.
1: Maybe they'll be able to get rid of that contract and Blackman. That one's gonna be harder to move. They might have to pair a prospect with Blackman to move them for, if they want to get rid of the money. <laughs> But I know Blackman's probably on that list of players that they want to cut ties with too, because that contract is too much. So maybe they can, maybe they'll eat some of that contract, and then, and then you know what, what they did with Arenado type of thing, and see if a team will be mm-hmm. willing to take on a Blackman. But there is a very, very realistic and like there's a scenario where we see cores hitters are just gone, like and as you know, yeah, Crone is the guy, and I think Crone's on a one year deal, so even he's on the trade block more than likely. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't see. Yeah. I, and the more I talk about, it, the more it's like, yeah, you need to hope that hot week and sell high because <laughs> the idea of Krohn in cores was fun. But the idea of what could happen in cores in the future is not. Uh, speaking of a big hitter going through a big slump, Bobby Dahlbeck, just not doing what people were hoping for. He had all those spring home runs. I think he waited six or seven of them. He was crushing mm-hmm. it. Came into the year now, still walking a good amount, 10.7%, but the strikeouts are showing to be an issue. 35% – 35.7% strikeout rate for Bobby Dahlbeck. Just a 200 bad bips, so obviously he's due for some regression there. But batting 120 in the process, that could very well be – his tip, you know, uh, uh, not, I mean, not I shouldn't say 120, but 220 could be realistic for him. 240 ish. So obviously he has a lot of positive regression to go. And if you look at his WOBA versus xwoba his WOBA is 183 and Dahlbeck's Woba is 374. So obviously he's due for some positive regression. But how long do you give him to come around?
0: Yeah, I mean, this is kind of just who Bobby Dahlbeck is. Uh, this is just who he's going to be. I mean, he's played seven games, um, and yeah, he's hitting 120. Uh, this is just, what's going to happen with somebody with his profile. He's going to have, you know, he's going to be, has he's going to have his ups and downs like throughout the season. So yeah, I, I mean, you kind of drafted him expecting a low batting average with a ton of power. And yeah, I mean, if you're, the the power will come for someone like Bobby Dahlbeck, as long as he's in the lineup, you know, he's continuing to play, the power will come, but he's going to have these, you know, he's going to have these really cold streaks. And uh, he'll have some hot streaks. He, so he, you know, his last season, well, his 2020 was basically a hot streak over 25 games. You know, he hit 263 with those eight home runs, but I mean, he struck out 42 percent of the time and had a 394 Babbitt. It That's just what's going to happen. He's going to go through 25 game or 23 game stretches like that, and he's going to go through stretches where he's hitting 120. Now, would you say that his skill set isn't as valuable that low in the lineup? Because he,
1: he's also like a seven through nine hole hitter. So Dahlbeck's you know, value takes a hit already as it is. Would you even go ahead and say, like, given that he's going to be super streaky, given that Dahlbeck's going to, you know, hit the bottom of that lineup, is he somebody that's like fringe? Like in 12-teamers, what are you doing with them? 15, you're still holding. 12s and 10s, what are you doing with Dahlbeck?
0: Oh, I think he could be cut in a 10 and 12 team.
1: Okay, I'm with you. So we're not far yeah. off on, on that one at all. Actually, we're not far off at all. Um, Paul DeYoung, another guy that, People are, you know, I think there's, this happens every year with him, right? De Young is just kind of a guy that every year we expect better. He goes through these ups and downs right now. He has a career high walk rate of 15.8%, striking out a career worse 31.6% to start the year as well, though. So De Young's a guy that he has the home runs, the two home runs already, but there's a lot of strike, swing, and miss there. Middle infield's getting kind of tough to fill, you know, with the injury. So I don't know if you're cutting De Young, but. Would you like is this a guy that you'd be looking to sell high as soon as you can off of him? Or what, what are you doing with Paul DeYoung?
0: Uh not necessarily. I mean, I think I think it's just still too early. Uh yeah, he's he's hitting uh he's hitting zero ninety seven, but um yeah, oh five nine Babip. Uh he's walking. He I mean he does have two home runs. So yeah, I, I mean the De- DeYoung isn't someone who I have been particularly high on at all, um, anyways. I I think his twenty seventeen um was kind of a fluke and yeah the the following 3 years um after that it basically shown that that was an outlier. Well
1: 20, so, 2019, 2019 was good but it was also the juice ball.
0: Yeah, juice ball 30 home runs and 9 steals but he did hit 233. Um so yeah, I just I don't think he's was ever someone that was going to hit for a high average but he's definitely due for a, a lot of regression so. Yeah, no, I mean if you if you're rostering DeYoung um like I <laughs> could see it in a 10-teamer but he's not a 10-teamer. Yeah. 10 teamer like with no middle infield, is you're just like just oh, a shortstop.
1: No middle yeah. infield, no middle infielder. De Young is droppable in 12s. Let's make yeah. that clear. If you have no middle infield spot, I don't think the young is a guy that I want even in a 12-teamer. That's where it gets tough. Like, he's I'm just trying to see, like, there's the problem is right now, his middle infield is wrecked with all these injuries. But maybe yeah. like I'd rather have Eduardo Escobar if he's still available at, at middle infield. But the problem is is I'm looking at middle infielders. He's second base. Would you rather have Joey Wendell, who the playing time might not be as safe, but we know the batting average will be there. He's not going to hit for as much power, but a little give and take. I rather, I think I rather have Joey Wendell at this point. But I'm also a Joey Wendell guy.
0: Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Um, yeah, that that one's that one's kind of tough. I think I think I might rather have the young in that situation, just because you know the play time is going to be there, and he's hitting you know cleanup uh, there for St. Louis. So and regression is going to come. Keston here is a
1: guy that's on this list, but I mentioned it before they moved Keston down to batting six in that lineup. And since then, he's gone one for four in a game, two for five in a game, and now he's one for three tonight. He has a stolen base tonight as well. So Keston here, I think that's just what he's going to be is streaky. He strikes out a ton. He's already, I think his strikeout rates north of 40% already this year. Last I looked, it was, and you're going to get. Streakiness with a player that strikes out that much, it just is what it is. It's 41.4 percent, zero walks this year, by the way. And yes, we are talking super early, so I, I wasn't even that concerned. Like, and I'm not even a hero guy, but I wasn't concerned about his production yet. Because you didn't, if you draft anybody like that high of a draft pick, you shouldn't even be thinking about cutting him yet, no matter what depth of the league. A shallow league, he at the very least bench him, but he's coming around, he has a home run and stolen bases the last three games, I believe. Yes, he does. He had a home run last last game he played. Didn't play yesterday and today. He has a soul base. So yeah, Hero's uh, gonna just do Hero things. He's gonna go up. It's gonna be streaky up and down. He's gonna be like a prime the door if he doesn't get those strikeouts under under wraps. Mm-hmm. But a prime the door wasn't a bad player for fantasy. He just he had to build around his batting average, and that could be the main issue here because we know he can hit the crap out of the ball. Hero's gonna smack home runs. He just hits the ball crazy good, like crazy hard. He's not yeah. the fastest guy, but he's going to get some bases on this team because they're going to need manufacture runs. But he might hit 240 in the process. So you just need to be aware of that. And honestly, if you were listening to us talking in the preseason, we were very big on here being like, "Hey, he's going to be toolsy, but he's going to hit 240 in the process probably expect." But again, it's all about how he progresses cuz as a prospect all through the minors, the hit tool was there. So for him to struggle so much in the majors going on his third year, that's kind of surprising. So I still think there's a bright future for him, but in terms of immediate future, I think here's a guy that you just got to ride the waves.
0: Today he's got a hit. I mean, it's three straight games now with the hit after going hitless in his first like five or six games. So, yeah, I mean, you're kind of just hold you're holding on and hoping for that um uh, I mean, he that pedigree, he was a hit tool guy, right? So, I mean, yeah, I think he'll come around. Um there's not really anything you're doing with, with Hira. And yeah, like you said, he has a home run and a steal. So yeah, I'm pretty much with you. <laughs> it's just, it's easy to with someone like him. It's like confirmation bias, but I'm like, no, even I have to
1: rein in the confirmation bias. Oh, uh, let's see here. We, we have so many names. We're going to have to do another episode of this to be completely honest. You mentioned Eduardo Escobar
0: a minute ago. That uh, Eduardo Escobar has been red hot over the last. Oh, he's like, on this list. Five games. Yeah.
1: <laughs> four home runs in the last four, in the last four. I'm not sure. He had a if huge he...
0: series against Cincinnati. He, yeah, last four games, he's had he's had a homer in each of the last four games. I think multi-hit games in uh, each of the last three. Yeah, three straight games with two hits. Uh, has eight RBI in that span. Uh, four home runs. Yeah, he's just he's been on fire. And Escobar was a guy that I thought. I mean, you. You heard, you know, going into the season that he just was not prepared for the short season. He, you know, reported uh, to camp last year, like, out of shape. Um, so he, he was someone that I thought, you know, was a decent late-round um, flyer at, like, corner infield or utility. Um, it, it's nice that he's actually going to be picking up uh, second-base eligibility. So, yeah, he'll he'll have that second and third. Uh, always like that, that, where you could put a guy at the corner or middle. Uh, definitely helps cover injury. so yeah i i like escobar right now he's uh definitely picking it up and escobar is a guy
1: that even if even i okay remember escobar was a guy that was fading in 2020 he just was and i got that one right thankfully but this year i was just i was with you i was like he's all right like i wasn't targeting him but i wasn't against Mm -hmm. him because we know his track record like i expect 250 batting average 25 home runs and 90 rbi out of escobar that's exactly what i was thinking Cause that's what he's shown to be prior to 20, 2019 when he had that breakout year, which was the juice ball. So when, you know, you take in the new, the boot, in, the new ball into effect, the, the track record, and you have a guy that again, just where he was going, it was like, all right, cool. I guess I'll take him. I'm like I didn't mind. him. like <laughs> the, the price. It was, there was a potential for value there. And it was just, it just made sense. It was a, it was an overreaction to his bad 2020. So yeah, yeah I'm with you. Um he is only hitting 216 after this hot stretch which shows you how bad he was hitting prior to it but like, uh Escobar will be I, honestly at the end of the year if he hits you 25 90 home runs and 250 batting average that's really what you should expect and in deeper leagues that has value a guy that isn't hitting at all and honestly is pretty much the only thing he's hit lately is the bench heyo <laughs> um, <laughs> I love my stupid puns Josh Rojas of the Arizona Diamondbacks Dude, he was like the guy. Even I, Everyone was excited about him. He was leading off all of spring, was hitting well in spring. Rojas came around and was actually doing well, uh, was actually still leading off, playing every day, and then he's not anymore. He just hasn't gotten off the ground running. He's batting 074 on the season, still has a solid strikeout and walk rate. I mean, the walk rate is 12.9%, 22.6% strikeout rate for Rojas. So he, the play discipline's not a problem. He's just getting unlucky, a bad bit of 100 there you go. But lately, if you go back to 2020 and 2019, he's had BABIPS under 300, which is really weird for a guy with such good speed cuz I know he has a good speed tool. A good hit tool too. So it's um a little curious but regardless. Josh Rojas, he goes from being like a draft day sleeper to a you know, a guy that was picked up off of like the first round of fab. It that happened like right before the week week 1 to droppable, right? Like I'm dropping Josh Rojas if I have him.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he's kind of uh, he was filling in at shortstop. He hasn't played since Nick Ahmed returned, and um, it looks like Josh Van Meter has actually been taking over there at second base for now. Uh, between him and, and Eduardo Escobar, um, so sometimes they'll play Strubo Cabrera at third and have Escobar over at second. But yeah, I mean, it, it looks like uh, Josh Van Meter is starting to get more playing time now. Um, I know he's been hitting a little bit better than uh, a bit better than Rojas. Yeah, I think yeah he's hitting two eighty six going into today. Only 17 Everyone. plate appearances, but. Everyone's been hitting better than Josh Rojas. That's the problem. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. I mean he's someone that uh that even in twelve teamers I was taking a late flyer on, um like at at the end of the draft. But yeah, at, at this point he's he's cuttable. Another guy I'm gonna say is
1: cuttable that a lot of people might not wanna cut bait yet. Tyler O'Neill. He he's on the IL now. Not sure how long he's gonna be out. But he was again another guy that was doing well in spring, hit his way up the lineup. O'Neill entered the year and just kind of flopped. And we're seeing a couple of guys that ended up having a strong spring flop right now, early in the season. But O'Neill was a guy that was fringe rosterable anyway prior to the injury. Now that he's hurt, he's on the IL, and he was and he dropped in the lineup prior to the IL stint. Now I'm just I'm I'm good with letting him go. Where are you at with Tyler O'Neill?
0: Yeah, yeah, no, I, I I'm with you. Um, it's a it's a bummer because I actually drafted a, a lot of uh, O'Neill and and Harrison Bader at the end of my draft. Like, well, actually in the 400 range like in draft champions leagues and draft holds um and yeah they're both out right now so it's looking like Austin Dean is going to be having uh everyday playing time at least until until O'Neill returns but yeah I do like where O'Neil was hitting uh I'm not sure where he would have been hitting uh be- right before the injury but I know he was hitting like fourth or fifth uh, in that lineup
1: initially he was hitting a little higher up but he slowly crept his way down because he wasn't hitting. That was a problem yeah. for O'Neal. <laughs> so, again, going yeah, back no. to the the free swingers, you know, the power and speed are there. Like he's sneaky fast, big power dude, but if you can't hit the ball then that's it ain't gonna matter what type of power you have. Speaking of guys who can't hit the ball, Leodi Leodi Tavares. Like unfortunately <laughs> this list transitions really well into each other. Leodi Tavares can't seem to hit the broad side of a barn. Like I don't know what's wrong with him. <laughs> People seem to really like him because the idea of him leading off, playing every day. But he not only is he not leading off, but like he, I, there's I see there's a chance for demotion here. Batting 107 on the season right now with a negative 18 WRC plus 14 strikeouts to just one walk in over 30 uh, 30 plate appearances. Mm-hmm. He's almost struck out half his plate appearances. Yeah, you this. Is, I mean, I was out on Tavares in general because of the lack of track record and lack of. of of playing time outside of double-A prior to 2020. So I thought there's a chance he would start down, but now with the alt site being a thing, maybe he gets sent down afterwards. I don't know. But right now, what, I, I can't roster Leody Tavares with confidence. 15 teamers, you hold tight because speed mat- matters. But in 12s mm-hmm. and 10s, you got to look elsewhere, I think.
0: Yeah, yep. Um, Yeah, definitely. Definitely don't like what I see so far. Like you said, has struck out in just about half his plate appearances. He does have a hit today, uh, but then he struck out the other two plate appearances. Mm -hmm. So,
1: yeah, (laughs) that
0: might have put him at 50 percent, (laughs) actually. Yeah.
1: Oh, man. Uh, Trying to do quick math is hard. But a guy of yours that you I know you're not going to have any concerns about. But now we're looking at a little bit of a track record here. Matt Chapman uh, 37.5% strikeout rate coming off of a season where injuries hampered him, but also 35.5% strikeout rate. He is walking more at 12.5%. The BABIP is crazy low at 158. You know, he's going to turn that around, but at what point do you say maybe Matt Chapman's a 250, 30 home run hitter, which isn't as valuable as you hope in fantasy or want in fantasy.
0: Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not worried about Matt Chapman just yet. I think, you know, he, he's someone that I figured might take a little bit to get going coming off of the, uh, the hip surgery. So I, I mean, yeah, I, I'm just holding on. You got to be patient with, with Matt Chapman.
1: I wouldn't, I wasn't saying you should drop him in any format, but I'm just saying maybe that le- level of that ceiling that you're hoping for that upside you're hoping for might just not be there with him. He might just be who he is and, that skill set isn't sexy, especially. And then if he was hitting anywhere else, it might be a little more flashy. He might go from 30 to a closer. He is a 40 home. He has the 40 home run power, but not mm-hmm. that ballpark. It will never play in his favor. So if he was playing somewhere else, yeah. maybe I'd feel more confident in that being a potential outcome for him. Let's move. So um, one last guy I want to talk about before we move over to pitchers. We couldn't get to every hitter. We didn't have time, but I want to talk talk about some pitchers before we get out of here. So one guy did mention he's getting nervous on Hira, Chapman, and Sano. So that's why I brought up Chapman. But Sano, I'm sorry. I'm saying no, and he's a cut. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, no, the puns are just rolling out of me at this point. Sano's a guy that, outside of 15-teamers, I don't want him. We're we're talking about a guy who literally the, the swing the swing and miss is crazy. He's going to go through stretches. He will catch fire and put up like a five-home run week, but it's not worth taking on the batting average. He, and Sano has dropped down in the batting order of late as well, so the play appearances aren't even there. The RBI opportunities won't be as plentiful so knows a guy that I'm just ready to let go.
0: I'm re- I'm letting go, man. Let it go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I'm I'm right there with you. Just one of those uh, profiles who, again, is just going to be extremely streaky. He's going to go through hot streaks. Going to go through cold streaks. Uh, but at the end of the day, he's probably going to give you a 220 batting average. Um, yeah,
1: <laughs> not yeah, exactly what you gonna... want. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So he's a cut for you too. Then twelve and twelve and shallower.
0: Twelve and tens. I yeah. should say. Yeah. 15s are you cutting or not there yet? Probably not in 15s, especially just given how many injuries we've had. Would you Uh, take Travis Shaw over him? I would be playing Travis Shaw over him right now, yeah.
1: Yeah, see, you can't. But would you trade Sano for Travis Shaw if you're playing? Because most 15-teamers, I think what it is, we're biased. We don't play in trade leagues that are that deep. But if you're in a Mm -hmm. trade league, if someone offers you Travis Shaw for Miguel Sano,
0: are you accepting that trade right now? Well, you could probably get another player with Travis Shaw um, you probably could. You, you, yeah, pr- probably. But and I That wasn't it, the I scenario.
1: That wasn't the scenario I gave <laughs> you. If you like back against the wall, if you have to press accept or reject, there's no counter offer. Are you taking Shaw right now over Snow? Yeah, I would accept that. Okay, thank you. But yes, yeah. realistically <laughs> you can get you can get Shaw plus for sure. 100% you can get Shaw and something. Uh, let's move over to pitchers. I mean, again, we're going to have to hit we're going to have to do the rest of these guys another day cuz we have way more names and we want to keep this podcast realistically uh <laughs> like around an hour and otherwise this will run closer to two david price two games he's appeared pitched 3.2 innings terrible looked he's looked what, like a 12 something era right now dude what is he doing on your team let him go he's not like honestly yeah, even if, even if even in 15 teamers i don't want him
0: yeah i agree
1: okay keep it simple yeah just looks <laughs> bad the V, he's just uh, i got nothing to add there Carlos Martinez, what are your thoughts on Carmart?
0: He's another one. I'm I'm dropping him. It's I, go, I huh? just don't see, I mean, yeah, the strikeouts aren't aren't there, right? I mean, the velo's is still down. I yeah, I'm not seeing it. Yeah, I'm not seeing anything on that's onto.
1: Mm-hmm. The velo is down every pitch. The cutter that at least again, uh well, he pitched yesterday, right? So I got I have updated. So he's started throwing his cutter a lot more. But the problem is, is that cutter is down 2.1 miles per hour compared to last year for Carlos Martinez. And that doesn't, and that's you know, the changeup is down as well. So at least that differential remains. But the the velo otherwise, though, like on the four seamer is relatively the same and all that. So it's not down terribly on every pitch, but down noticeably on those two pitches. If only, you know, I'm i a cheap, quick plug. I'm using that that I just did a quick search of them on this new tool I had made with the help of John Anderson and Michael Chiang. And I apologize if that's not how you say your name, buddy. But those two really helped me get this going. And uh, yeah, check it out on the Twitter. It's it's pinned. It's, um, yeah, it's a pitch mix chart, essentially. You can search any player, search any mix of pitches, and find players that have it. It's kind of cool. I don't know. It's kind of a fun thing. I'm still toying with it. But yeah, it, uh, the concept of it came from when I was on Savant trying to find all this information in one place. And the problem was I kept having to go to different player pages. And I was like really sick of going to different player pages. So I put it all in one spot for me. So now it's like I can look up any player I want. And look, as we're talking about players on the podcast, I could pull them up real quick because I have all their names right here in one spot. Now you can do the same thing in Savant, but this is a little faster and it has all the information I'm looking for in one spot, easy to grab. That's just my opinion. Obviously, I'm biased. Anyway, uh, moving on now that I'm done with the uh, (laughs) cheap plug of my own content. um, Let's see what's on this list here. Drew Smiley. Were you a smiley guy in here coming into the season? And are you a smiley guy going forward? Or are you completely just trying to get rid of him and deal for what you can get if you can trade him?
0: You know, I actually don't have any uh, Drew Smiley this year. And, yeah, to me it was just a question of, you know, how many pitches is he going to throw? How deep into games is he going to pitch? Uh, and, yeah, he was just kind of someone that I was overlooking at the draft cost, uh, his draft cost. And, yeah, I don't have any Smiley. So I, I'm not too sure he's not someone I'm looking to buy. I mean, maybe if he's dropped or if he's available and he's got a good matchup coming up, like in a 12 teamer, like, I don't know if he'd be like available in like a 12 teamer.
1: Yeah. But I mean, I would drop him for, I would take a shot on Casey Mize over him at this point. Uh Steven Matz, who's looking really good. If, if Trevor Rogers is somehow available in your
0: league, make that swap too. Uh Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, if you were in on smiley, I I wouldn't be dropping him. If you have him, like if you, were in on him he did have a really good start uh his first time out six innings eight strikeouts like he's he's just someone that i wasn't drafting and so like if you were in on smiley and you still have him like i i don't think i'd go dropping him just yet but uh, I, I get that i mean
1: he has yeah. he has changed he has he was throwing a cutter last year as a third pitch And now he's dropped the usage of it fourteen percent, so he's barely—he's throwing it less than five percent of the time right now. So Smiley's already altered his pitch mix. His velo is down across the board, as low as much as a mile per hour. So it's still early in the season that could come up. But the spin rates are down uh, at least hundred RPMs on every pitch as well, which gives me belief that I have to go look it up. But I bet you there's movement. I bet you there's less movement on some of his pitches as well. But it is still early. My big thing about Mm -hmm. Smiley was how long. Not only is lack of track record in terms of like only pitched in 26 innings last year, but the year before that, 114, a career high of 175, and that was four years ago. So Smiley was a guy I wasn't expecting much out of because I didn't expect him to pitch a lot, just in general in terms of innings. So if he's going to struggle in half his games that he does pitch, I'm just, I don't know, again, maybe I, I, I shouldn't say, I, I'm with you. That's good advice. Hold him if you were in on him. There's enough there to maybe think there's a chance for him to still be what you expected. But man, I have a hard time saying hold him when I know there's guys on the waiver wire that I really want to take a shot on. So okay, that's why I said tre- Trevor, uh, like, Trevor Rogers, was the guy that came to mind instantly. I wanted to take a shot on over him. But I also yeah. didn't view Smiley. I never viewed Smiley as somebody who I wanted as like a main part of. My, like I don't even know his ADP because I honestly almost like I can't say I didn't say I can't say I would just he was off my board altogether. But I just never paid attention because I didn't care.
0: Yeah. So like he was going like I want to say between like two hundred to 220, 230, around there like that's for me s- I, that's I was drivable. in a 10 team league is that even rostered right yeah i mean so i was drafting i was going after like marcus stroman uh ryan Yarbrough. yeah uh, i i freddie peralta yusei kikuchi i mean peralta's look fantastic yeah i wish i had peralta, more yeah i think i, I, think awesome. I have one share I, yeah he's my most rostered pitcher i have him I hate everywhere him. Uh, yeah, six innings, one run today, 10 strikeouts. The thing, the big thing for me, like he, he actually went six innings today. That's huge. Like I I was not like, I was drafting him with the thought that like, he would just be a bulk reliever going two to three innings at a time, striking out five or six guys every time out and give you like really good ratios. And the fact that he, you know, became a starter made me a little nervous. Like, okay, how is it going to go this time around? But I mean, he's looked amazing. So yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he was he was a really good value. Are you
1: selling high, or would you sell high on Freddie Peralta? You believed in him. You have all the shares. But if you could take him and package him for a strike, you have to package him. But Scherzer hasn't looked great on paper. He's actually not bad, though. Like I think he's had a couple. He had one rough outing or something like that. I haven't really followed a lot Scherzer. But Max Scherzer's a guy I feel like you could buy low on. People were down on him on the coming into the year. For his standards, he's pitching kind of poorly. 375 ERA with a 5.4 whip. Or FIP, sorry FIP. Not that's a lot. That would be a terrible whip. But a five point <laughs> four FIP. Would you take Peralta and pair him with
0: something a Ryu or something for Scherzer, or would you just hold tight? Oh man, um, I mean, yeah, I'm not gonna go. I'm not gonna go saying that Freddy Peralta is better than Max Scherzer right now. That's for sure. Uh, if you could sell Freddie Peralta for someone of that uh, in that range, like yeah, I would. I would absolutely do it. Yeah, I, I'm not. I'm not ready to say that. Like, uh, yeah, I would. I would hold him over someone like, like Max Scherzer. Cause I, I do think like, I mean, Peralta does have nine walks um on the year. So like he, he really did. He did a really good job today of, of only, only issuing two walks, but there's, there's going to be games. Like this isn't really who Freddie Peralta is going to be. I like, I know he's been amazing, but he's going to have some bad games, right? He's going to have some, some blowups just cause like, he's still, he's still walking a good number of batters. Um, and then I, I'm not sure. I still question like how many times he's gonna be able to go, you know, through six. Um, so how many times is he gonna be in line like for a win? So yeah, I would sell high. Uh, I, I wouldn't be looking to sell high, but if you could pull off a deal like that, yeah, yeah I would. I would absolutely do well, it. Well, I don't think you can get Scherzer
1: straight up for him. That's not realistic. But I right. think you could take a Peralta, and you know, if you have the, if you have a there's people like I when I thought of when I think of Peralta, I'm thinking here go here comes Corbin Burns type of deal. You know, like he's just gonna. He's gonna give us that type of breakout year, so to speak. Maybe not to the type of year Burns had, but who knows? But I think Pralt is a perfect guy that like I want to ride until the wheels fall off personally. That's why I don't do I don't do a lot of trading. I hate trading. I'd rather just live and die by my draft days and waiver wire pre- uh, decisions. That's why I've mm-hmm. gravitated towards leagues without trading. But I think pralt is a guy you could sell high on and get a great value for. Like that's why Scherzer came to mind. Uh, isn't uh, what about like see how I have zero Trevor Bauer shares? I'm wondering if how Bauer's look because if Bauer has struggled a little bit, Bauer hasn't looked great, you know, 4.15 ERA. Someone go look at that ERA, see the home run rate, you know, and think, you know what, Bauer maybe is going to be Bauer of old. I would try to take Peralta and pair him with something and go get Bauer. That's another guy. Like, if maybe someone's afraid he's gonna get suspended because of the sticky balls or whatever. Stuff like that you just never you got to you got to take advantage of it <laughs> <laughs> yeah no we're a bunch of kids here <laughs> you, you chuckled that's funny we get my point like aces are still aces right now we're two we're a week and a half two weeks into the season if you mm-hmm. thought somebody was an ace coming into the season they're still an ace at least for the time being i would go out and try to take a peralta and flip them for that type of player because that seems like a fair deal to try to do Like. If you're trying to sell high, sell very high. Don't sell. Like, I don't want Hinging Ryu for Freddie Peralta. Like, although in a, in, the, in a vacuum, obviously, Ryu's better. i just rather gamble on the upside. I, I always value upside, though. And I usually have a... What if your pitching staff is really hurt? That seems like a fair right. deal, I guess. I don't know. I, I just... I really like Peralta. I mean, I think Ryu... It's hard to say no to trades that are like that because, like, man, Ryu's better. At least I think Ryu's going to be better this year. But how do you look at what Peralta's done and give up on him for a reu? You know that's not exciting.
0: Yeah. So I mean, this this might be a good one. What about Zach Gallon coming off the IL later this week? If you could, you know, sell Peralta coming off of this fantastic start, would you trade Peralta for Zach Gallon? I would.
1: I still believe in Gallon. Yeah. I still do it. I would do it. I think a Gallon, and the injury wasn't like a shoulder or an elbow for Gallon either. It wasn't like mm-hmm. structural. You know, it was a bone and the bone healed so yeah i'm i feel okay i feel comfortable yeah. taking that, that on that
0: actually yeah that that might not be a bad approach to maybe go to the zach Gallon owner you know coming off you know he, he'll be coming off the il soon uh i believe is he's in line to make a start later this week i think tomorrow um, actually yeah yeah so tuesday uh, so tomorrow if i mean you
1: actually yeah by the time someone's by the time you're listening to this probably today zach gallin should be starting today or yesterday if you listen to it a couple of days later because uh, this will age well. So this is one of the few pods that will probably age well over the season. Because everything's so reactionary, and
0: this is too. Yeah. But this has a little staying power to it. Anyway. Yeah, I don't um, imagine. I don't imagine Gallon will be like you know going too deep into the game tomorrow. Um, if he gets crushed, it's even better. Like right, for everybody right. trying to buy low, it might be a good buy low sell high situation there with uh, Peralta coming off of this really good start, and then uh, you know if, if Gallon, you know either doesn't go too deep into the game or. You know, gets uh, it gets crushed coming off the the injured list. I mean, then yeah, that might be a good buy low, sell high uh, scenario right there.
1: Let's talk about Devin Williams. A late start to spring, coming off an injury, has not looked good. The strikeouts are still very much there. Sixteen point two K per nine. That equates to a and right now he has a thirty percent strikeout rate, but he has a twenty percent walk rate. Twenty percent walk rate. It's only been one point two innings pitched. <laughs> so let's just make that very <laughs> clear. But. People are starting to think about dropping Devin Williams in non-holes leagues. I'm not there yet. What are your thoughts, though? Especially with closers going down left and right, uh, closers and waiting, kind of having more value than ever because people just don't know what to think, or people are actually overreacting and going out and grabbing everybody who gets a save. Like if you if you want, you know what? Fine, you want to go out and grab somebody who has a save. Go grab Matt Andrees. He has a save. But you get my point, though. People are really getting a little a little over the top with stashing for saves right now. Yeah. So I understand people wanting to drop Devin Williams, but I'm not there yet. I mean,
0: Devin Williams is someone that I at his draft cost he was going like around what like 1 pick 150 or so. I think that's that sounds about right. Yeah, I mean, he wasn't going to be he wasn't going into the season as the closer, we knew that. And we know how volatile relievers can be. Yeah, I I he's just someone that I wasn't really drafting there at, at his cost. Um so yeah, someone like Devin Williams it's it, it's hard, yeah. It, it's hard to trust um, relievers that you know flash, you know, really good stuff. I mean, they're just so up and down, right? They're so volatile, uh, especially if they're not closing. And if you're in a league that doesn't count holds, you don't get rewarded for any holds. Then, yeah, I'm not sure. I see too much reason to really, especially like in a ten or twelve teamer. In a fifteen team league, I, I wouldn't drop him. But like in a ten or twelve team, he's probably droppable if you don't get not getting any credit for for holds. The issue is
1: uh, with Williams is that you the draft equity that went into him, as you mentioned, and that's the part I think people have a hard time dealing with because you took Williams Mm -hmm. over a very valuable asset to your team, probably, and it makes it that much harder to hold on to him because you have that price tag in your head. And I get it. But like I said, it's not just a price tag in my head. I just know how dominant he can be. And if you if you drafted him. You honestly should just hold him tight and see if he can come around and be that elite reliever because I think he's going to fall into a few wins. He's going to have the strikeouts. He's going to be. I think he'll be fine. But I do think at yeah, least should almost be sure.
0: Yeah, I mean, I almost wonder if maybe. I mean, he did get a late start to spring, so there's that. He might just be still, you know, finding his groove. Um, but he was coming off an injury. I mean, that was another reason why. Yeah. I wasn't really in on on drafting him. I mean, he's coming off an injury, got a late start to spring, hasn't looked extremely sharp so far. So, yeah, I don't know. I, there is a little bit of concern there for me.
1: Yeah, I'm just I, I there's concern, but I'm not dropping him yet is what I'm is what I'm thinking. All mm-hmm. right, let's move on to Jake Arietta. He's a guy I want to bring up because he's looked pretty solid and it's weird because it's Jake Arietta, like what does he have left? I mean, 2.25 ERA, 1.42 WHIP, 9 strikeouts in 12 innings, two wins. Both against the Pirates, though.
0: Right. I think that's the big Milwaukee. caveat right there.
1: <laughs> Does have a matchup against Milwaukee. He has altered his pitch mix a little bit, adding more sinkers and a lot more curveballs while cutting out the four seamer altogether and dropping the changeup a ton. But the cool thing about it is, like, he's added way more spin to his pitches, like 100, or 92 RPM or better, but over 100 to 150 on each of the other pitches. 229 is the highest. So and and with it came change in movement, added movement as well. So there is maybe more deception to his pitch mix early on. This is Jake Arrieta I'm talking about, and Arrieta does get a matchup with it's in Milwaukee, but that's Yelich might still be out. There's no Colton Wong. Hira could go back to struggling any Mm -hmm. day now. Could start struggling that game. He's a streamer still for me, but he's a guy that I'm definitely intrigued in because there is a little bit of a change going on here. The velo. Hasn't been fantastic, but it's not down a ton, and the stuff it's down on is fine because he's still throwing close to 92 miles per hour, which is what he was throwing last year. But Arietta's changeup and curveball are are down, but that's fine because if he's throwing slower off speed, that's creating more deception. Because if you're looking at a sinker around 92. The change-up singer on 86 is better than a change-up singer on 87 you know, because it's creating a, de- a, a different amount of – it's creating that deception. And the curveball being mm-hmm. 79 is probably good too because now there's just a further – just another pitch that he could throw that changes the way a, a, a batter has to approach him. Either way, Ariadne is a guy that I'm intrigued with but not saying he's somebody he has to go out and get. He barely has appeal. I think he's appeal – he only has appeal in 12-teamers and, and deeper, and 12-teamers he's only a – a stream in 15s he might be somebody you pick up and just ride and see where it goes he's someone I'm more likely to hold on to I think I have him in a league or two that in 15 teamers that I'm just plugging him in like and seeing what's there Not, I, I'm not expecting this to last all year but what if this is like a Wade Miley situation didn't Wade Miley have that renaissance like two years ago in 2019 where he came out and just did something again for a whole year like this yeah. could be that like I don't know <laughs> you can tell I have zero <laughs> confidence in it happening but Arietta is interesting
0: yeah, um, Arietta or Johnny Cueto, who's also looked pretty good.
1: <laughs> um, neither, I guess. Oh, no, <laughs> I guess Cueto, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I haven't really looked at Queto, I'll be honest. I haven't really looked at him all that much. Uh, um, yeah, he so, had
0: almost, I mean, he has the velo back up too a little bit. Yeah, yeah, the velo was back up a bit. Uh, all he was best. up to you know his his uh his tricks there on the mound against the Rockies doing his shimmies, uh, you know. His the swinging strike rate is up to ten point eight percent, but I think that's pretty much due. That's pretty much you know due to the Rockies. Um, that's the thing. <laughs> he went uh, eight eight and two thirds. So I, I mean he might he's another one who is probably uh, a streamer. Uh, Some of
1: Yeah, Cueto did up his slider usage as well. Twelve point nine percent. So that's good. To, uh, there's something there. You know, at least there's something there. Like he increases forcing usage. Cueto inc- increases slider usage. So at least there's a tangible something going on, like okay, maybe he could last because he's he's attacking hitters differently this year. Who knows? Nice. But yeah, it's a very similar situation. I'm I'm not confident in keeping either one of them longer than longer than start to start. It's like a start to start thing until otherwise, you know. Yeah. But yeah, Quito was even on this list, so that's good. Um, Marco Gonzalez. I thought he overperformed a little bit last year. He's really struggling to start the year compared to what you know people might have expected Marco Gonzalez to do. But he's not striking out a lot of guys. He's getting hit for, I mean, the home run to fly ball rates 35.7%. He's walking guys uncharacteristically. I think Gonzalez's best days are ahead of him, but I've seen him dropped in leagues. I don't know if I would, I guess I would drop him because his skill set isn't something I was actually targeting in the first place. Doesn't strike out a ton of hitters. He should be better in the control department, but what are you doing with Marco Gonzalez?
0: Yeah, I think, uh, just where you drafted him, I think you kind of just, uh, just holding on for now. I I, I don't definitely don't like that. Um, you know, it is a six man rotation, so maybe the leash is a little shorter there. Just considering that you're gonna have very very few uh, two star opportunities, and yeah, he doesn't get the strikeouts. Uh, so you really you know you really count on those two strike uh, those two star uh, weeks uh, for him to give you you know a decent amount of strikeouts. So yeah, I mean I'm not really too sure what you're doing here. I, I think just because. He was drafted inside the top 200. You're probably just holding on for now, giving it another couple starts. And I think
1: I see what's wrong with Chris Paddock's uh, everything. Um, last year, Chris Paddock, <laughs> he, well, they were talking about you know they want to get more ride and run on the ball, uh, ride on the fastball again. Problem is, is he's not doing that. He's looks like he's getting cut action on it again this year. And if you're getting cut action on the fastball, it's it's more of a cutter, right? Like that's what makes it a cutter. Because right. his vertical movement looks like it's less than last year's, whereas his inches like his, his horizontal movement is the same. It's actually a little more, just a little bit, point 0.1 uh, more inches, but still. <laughs> uh, I'm just looking at it like, huh. Haddock's fastball hasn't gone back to getting that rise that people were hoping for it to get. So I don't know, man. I'm kind of scared off by he, he doesn't seem to have made the he doesn't seem to have fixed the issues. And he's he's only he's back to two pitches. He's only mm-hmm. throwing the curveball 2.5 percent of the time so far. The changeup yeah. and the fastball have been pretty much always thrown, and he's not looking that great, man. Are you dropping Chris Paddock and twelve teamers and shallower? Or are you gonna? No, he's another into-
0: a guy. Uh, I trade him. Uh, yeah, no, I-, I think he's just another guy you gotta be a little more patient with. Um, give it another few starts before you consider dropping him, just because of the draft capital you invested in. We're only. You know, a week and a half into the season, so yeah, give, give it another few starts. I mean, I, I think you point out some very, very valid concerns, and I'm right there with you. I actually don't have Paddock rostered anywhere, either. but um, yeah, given where you you likely drafted him, I think you have to you have to hold on for a little longer. I get it. I don't have any shares either, but I get it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm
1: gonna say try. Like, I would honestly sell low at this point. Like, I would take if somebody came to me and said. I though they There, uh, you might actually get the offer of Freddie Peralta for Paddock. I could see people think, "Oh, I'll sell low and buy, buy. I'll buy low and sell high." Like maybe you can I
0: go on Peralta all day. But like, yeah. I would
1: give two crisp Paddocks for a Freddie Peralta right now. But I hope, would take
0: you say, Gucci.
1: Okay, um, that's actually not a bad one. I gotta think. I gotta think of. Uh, I wish I can't. I wish I was smarter than that. Trevor Rogers, give me Trevor Rogers. Yeah, get, Trevor give, Rogers uh, is a good Casey one. Mize. I need to see more. I do love what I saw. Casey Mize tonight. I, I posted. A a video of it the dude hit this like the pitch he threw had crea so far behind it crea struck out on it it was a fastball 96.6 miles per hour up and up to top left corner of the zone pinpoint accuracy painting the corner basically and got good rise on it and everything and man just looked like a big league fastball getting good movement on the fastball it was impressive and he had he had crea's really really late and behind on it man it was a. Uh, very impressive. So if he's pairing that with his splitter that we know he has, that gives him two solid pitches and I'm sure he could piece the rest together and a top prospect. So Casey Mize is a guy that another strong. if we have another strong outing from Casey Mize and another weak outing from Paddock, I'm easily making that swap, mm-hmm. but that's, yeah. I'm just, that's, that's kind of where I'm at. Like if somebody came to me with Mize and something else, I would, I would do it. Like I'm really low on Paddock though. I'm not even trying to buy low. But I say that, how low can I get him? <laughs> like, can I? Can I like, if he's a free agent, though, are you picking him up and who are you dropping for? I'm like right now, the guys on the back end of my bench are Casey Mize and Trevor Rogers. Do you drop Casey Mize or Trevor Rogers for him? Uh,
0: I wouldn't tra- drop uh, Trevor Rodgers. Um, Casey Mize see. is one I'm still a little iffy on. Um, I know you're high on him. I was actually pretty low on Casey Mize coming into the year, so I, I might want to see another couple starts still, but I could see it. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure I would make that swap quite yet, though. Personally, there are a few names on the list. Is there anybody here that really catches your interest? Uh, no, not not really. I think uh I think we're good. Uh, one name we didn't touch on: Willie Castro. Um, hold on to Willie Castro. Still hitting the ball hard. Uh, two eighty one expected batting average. Uh, he, his name was on the list, so I just yeah uh, thought I'd bring him up because he was another big helium guy in spring training. Yeah, I, I'd hold on to Willie Castro. Well, you know what? I'm with you
1: on Willie Castro. Let's hold on to Willie Castro. Fine. We gave you one last name. Now we're going to head out of here. As always, we appreciate listening. You can follow us on Twitter at Roto underscore Nino for George. I'm at Mike underscore Curland. And as always, we appreciate listening. Please, on your on your way out, a five-star rating review is greatly appreciated. It goes a long way with the podcast. So thank you for tuning in, as always, and we'll talk to you soon.